No, no. All right. I'm gonna trade you two sheep for that wood Tell me honey, does that sound good? Cause all I really wanna do Is take away longest road from you, yeah Welcome to these tabletop sessions Welcome to the, welcome to the, welcome to these tabletop sessions uh, so is it the three of you today, or um, will Kat be joining as well? That's it. That's us. Um, all right. Just, all right, cool, cool, cool. Uh, just FYI, though, I am recording this audio Perfect. on the on the Zoom chat. Great. Um, so yeah. whatever you say can be used against you <laughs> from now on. Are you guys all in uh, same like city, same area, or are you guys? Different? I think we're all probably within like a mile and a half radius. Mile <laughs> radius. Well, yeah, I'd say yeah. Yeah, mile and a half, yeah. 30 minute walk to both of your places. Wait, where is the headquarters of the Pillbox Games? <laughs> P.O. Box? Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn, New York. <laughs> so none of these places? Well, I mean, oh, technically, no. uh, we've had a lot. Like, our address has changed every time we move or one of us gets a new office. But we finally got a P.O. Box on Bedford Avenue, and that is the official... Um, Address on all tax documentation. <laughs> Ipo, do you also want my social security number? <laughs> Just the last four digits. No, 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 I, I have it already. No, that's... <laughs> you already have those? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Yeah, so just the quick thing, we're uh, sort of from all over. I'm from Ghana in West Africa, uh, but right now Dima and I live in Toronto. Uh, but we all met when we were living in Qatar. In, in, oh. uh, yeah, very cool. Yeah, and uh, Ipo, the Greek, as we call him, is uh, he's not Greek now. He's Greek. He lives in Doha, and Barnes coming to us from Durban in South Africa. So. From out of space, actually. <laughs> he's on a mission. Oh, right I now? forgot you were doing that to protect your identity. I apologize. <laughs> no, no, it's because my room is really messy. <laughs> sure. Full disclosure. Hey, I want to be cool international too. Um, so <laughs> I um, I grew up in Spain. So I was born in Madrid and oh. I lived there for 10 years. Um, so my father's Spanish and my mom's American. Um, I thought my dad thought he was like 100% Spanish. And then we um, took uh, the 23andMe earlier this year. And um, he's kind of a mutt. We have some like German in him. <laughs> Um, and I'm actually 0.1% Ashkenazi Jew. So this oh, wow. year, I uh, I want to celebrate Hanukkah. <laughs> oh. You could at least be 1% committed to it. So that's Yeah, that's right. I'm going to have 0.1. Yeah, one, less than one, one candle. Exactly. <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to go through all 12. <laughs> Is it 12? I have no idea. <laughs> Eight days of Hanukkah. It's actually so nine, but yeah. Nine? Well, not, there's an extra candle. There's the extra candle. Yeah. Yes. Is that for like bonus, bonus prayers? That's the <laughs> bonus candle. <laughs> guys, do you guys have a limited amount of time you can be on today for? Like, do we need to finish by a specific time? Got Jade and Ben. I'm flexible. I'm good. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'm pretty flexible. Okay. Right. Awesome. I'm, I'm watching the movie The Witches. Uh, so I, I need a, at least a little bit of time to get uh, an hour and a half of a movie in. 
are done. Did you, wait, are you saying you already started it? Or you started it. Of I started it. So you're watching it while husband, the interview is happening? <laughs> uh, I don't mind pausing movies or like going back and forth between movies. So I watched mm. the intro. It's Chris Rock that opens it up. Um, so the intro has been completed. There's let's, now just the meat of the movie. Giving us 50% of your attention is right on par with all the other hosts of this podcast. So we're gonna... I'm only going to give 20%. So. <laughs> Which is like, yeah, go ahead. Dima. I was going to say, uh, I'm, dying. I'm waiting for Dima to start with the first question. Oh, and I'm really, I'm really uh, dying that, for this. That's me. <laughs> no, that's me because that, 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 that goes oh. into my, my first point. How the hell did you find our podcast? <laughs> a sneaky sneaky lady and i wanted to get on some podcasts okay. well i've been i've been running kind of the pillbox instagram for a while so i follow a bunch of things related to board games uh and i wanted to be listening to more board game podcasts so i wrote tabletop podcasts uh, I, see. Oh. I told you guys it would work Bravo, yes, good job <laughs> Were in all your glory, right at the top of that search. Oh, man. oh yeah, you know we had to pay like, Google a lot of dollars for that. <laughs> exactly zero. It, it was it, it was it was at least six zeros, but all, six figures, but they were all zeros, right? <laughs> yeah. So no, we were genuinely um, not to say that we don't have we, we are a growing podcast and so on. It's just. Um, it was very nice to read your message. So that's, that's, that's from our side. Um, and I did like listen to some and I, I wanted to make sure, I mean, listen, we're very funny. So <laughs> I, didn't, I wanted to join um, podcasts with people that like had rapport and like were fun to listen to and not like super dry. And you guys uh, were the ones that got through the list. Um, I couldn't get everybody. You know? uh, honestly, this game, this podcast is about, Two percent board game knowledge and about ninety-eight percent making fun of Hippocrates. That's it. So yeah. uh, we've kind of built our name on that. So um, yeah. So can you the tell me? The reason we gave him his own corner was just so we could make fun of him. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's really good to have you guys on, and I was really glad to see your message. I'm glad we could make this work because there was some weird. Uh, scheduling things on the last episode, so I thought we were supposed to be next week. So I'm glad it, it sort of yeah, me too. this week. Uh, speaking of which, um, could you tell us a little bit about yourselves and about your Kickstarter that's going on right now? Yeah, um, I'll kick off with telling us about us, and then maybe Jade, you can talk about game and what it's all about. So, as of the last couple of weeks, our game Mud is on Kickstarter right now. Uh, we have made another game called Side Effects before this. We had a Kickstarter about three years ago. So we all have full-time jobs. This is, you know, our little side hustle, a way for us to, to be creative and, and make things. And really the big thing I would say about Pillbox Games is that we try to do two things. Uh, one is to have a game that you really want on your coffee table. So we really care about it being beautiful. And uh, that's why Ben's here. He's an incredible illustrator. And then the other thing that we want to do is make games that reflect real world systems. So the first game side effects was about mental disorders and a little bit of dark humor on kind of the pharmaceutical side of you take a pill and you get two more side effects. 
and now you got to deal with two more things. Uh, and then Mud's our newest game, which plays in the political landscape. So uh, I'll pop it over to Jay to talk a little bit about the game. Uh, sure. So um, uh, it's a it's a card game, and uh, it falls in the take that card game space. Um, people call it a set collection, take that card game. Um, play time is like 20 to 40 minutes usually. Um, I'd, I'd say it's it's like one of my favorite types of genres of card games because it's, it's the type of card game you can really like. Um, you can get verbal with it. You can build like alliances. You talk through strategy, uh, make deals, um, backstab people. Yeah, shit talk. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, side effects was sort of the same way. And so Mud was it has become like a, a, a natural successor of that. The way you play is um, you're drawing from a deck of, of largely voter cards. And these are really beautifully designed um, cards that look like uh, currency. Are they really Are they really beautifully designed or are you just saying so because Ben is here? And <laughs> I'm just saying oh. so. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they resemble currency. So it's very like only there's certain um, symbols on the cards that indicate uh, where the voter is from. So in the uh, one of four regions of the United States, um, what their income bracket is. So it's, there's working class, middle class, and upper class, um, and what political leaning they are. And you essentially want to collect a set of voters um, in front of you, similar to like um, Jim Romney or something, where you're sort of laying down a, a tableau in front of you, that are, are a certain amount of voters in a certain amount of regions that all share the same political leaning. Okay. So you're racing to, to, to claim that victory. But at the same time, in the same deck that you're drawing voter cards from, you, you can draw these rat cards, and these will influence certain things in the game. So some of the rats will say something like steal. So you could steal other people's voters from their voter map. Or you could spy on them, you know, see their hand and take a, a card from their hand. Um, so these give you, like, great advantages in the game. The only drawback is that um, anytime you play one of these rat cards, you have to take a scandal card Candle. as well, which is it's a separate uh, deck of just a list of scandals. And, and what these are, are um, unique punishments, essentially. Yeah, I love You don't know what they're, you're gonna get. Yeah, so, so it's, I've never really seen this kind of game mechanic before, which is one of the reasons that we were really excited about making this game, is that you, you're always playing in this risk reward space where you have to kind of balance out the advantage that you're gonna get with the rat with this um, yeah. blind punishment that you're about to receive in the scandal deck. Exactly. And just a, just a quick thing on that topic, just a, we're not like the biggest fan of um, just random card draws and if see what happens. So I loved the fact that the scandal cards are something you get to see and only when yeah. somebody else digs up dirt on you, can you flip those over? So you can sort of plan to avoid taking sort of you know what the potential pitfalls are for you in the future and i like that a lot because it gives you a little bit of ability to i'm assuming i, I haven't played the game. yeah definitely yeah. but i think what's what's fun about it though is that when you're doing that that changes in different stages of the game so every time i've ever played this game just like miraculously it's always kind of followed the same kind of like arc there's usually like this this beginning of the game where people are setting up and they're kind of determining their strategies. There's a longer mid game where typically, um, you know, you sort of see who's getting gaining an advantage or what kind of personality comes comes out in the game, whether you play a lot of rat cards or not. And then there's the end game. 
And if you're playing rat cards in the end game, as you can imagine, you can't account for the punishment you're going to get in the scandal. Mm -hmm. So it's much more risky to play those rat cards in that end game. However, that rat card could make all the difference in your end game. So volatility is going to really increase as the game goes on. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. If you play them in the beginning, you can kind of like hedge your bet against the scandal that you were seeing. Yeah. I always get worried about doing that in the beginning just because you don't want people to start picking on you. And then that's, I think that's what Jen did in the playthrough on your Kickstarter. <laughs> Dima has PTSD like of being in this game group for too long. <laughs> I like that, yeah. I'm the, I'm the only one that doesn't follow Jade's arch. I, if I got rat cards, I'm playing them. Um, I, I mean, it's a, it's a true strategy. It's if I've got a stack of scandals, chances are one of them's benign to me. So I'm playing the odds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, so Ben, uh, you you're the one that did all the art in the game, correct? Yeah, wow. yeah, with a lot of uh, feedback and bouncing things back and forth to the rest of the I'm, team. I'm right? sure, I'm sure. Yeah, but I'm the dude who knows how to draw. <laughs> one of the things Jen uh, tried to catch my eye with, because like shiny things, was your art. She sent a bunch of pictures, and I absolutely loved it. And one of the things we all agreed on, looking at the Kickstarter. I mean, this was within the first like 30 seconds, but we all loved the art in the game. Um, and I, I love that stylized sort of art. It's sort of like duller pastel. I don't know. If, I don't even know what you call it. Yeah, like more of like a vintage palette. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And um, is there a reason behind that? I mean, is it inspired from the theme or is it sort of coming from anywhere else? Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, you know, just like we do, like Jade and Jen were saying about we build our games based off of real world systems. We base the art off of uh, not necessarily, well, in this case, pretty historical stuff. So we look at like a lot of vintage political cartoons of vintage currency design. The backs are actually based on ballots. So we do a lot of research and we base it off of uh, existing kind of design language, just like we do with side effects. So, uh, yeah. Very cool. Very cool. One thing about the currency that we didn't kind of call, I mean, it's like a little bit of like dark humor and a call into kind of votes or money. There's a lot of like kind of low level satire about our current political system. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, yeah. it's, it's not even like, I think that one of the things that we were worried about that a lot of people get worried about picking up a political game right now is that, oh no, either one, I have to know politics to play, which is not true. Or two, that it's just like too heavy right now. Um, the funny yeah. thing for us is we're not kind of the people trying to ride the political wave. We've had this game kind of in development for two years and we timed it for now being like, well, we got to do it like before the election. <laughs> Looking ahead. <laughs> and, but we're like, I think a lot of people on Kickstarter are a little bit like, oof, there's a lot of like games that are kind of about the orange guy and like that are mm -hmm. just like have no actual good gameplay that are just yeah. trying to ride the wave of like, oh, people are just like thinking about this. Yeah. Uh, and so for us, it was more a game with a political theme than like, let's make a game about politics. Yeah. And yours definitely felt different. I've seen a bunch of those the like, oh, this is a game about Trump. This is a game about whoever it is. Um, uh, but what I did like about yours, even though you do say about American politics, because, you know, a lot of it is based on that. This whole topic about because the American system sort of it looks at itself as very different, but it's very similar to almost every other country in the world. I it's mean, we just, stole it. So. People are a little more blatant about it elsewhere. <laughs> so like uh, I'm, I'm from Lebanese origin and 
after like we've had like a couple years of protests and I don't know what and we got rid of the prime minister and I don't know what and now two days ago the same prime minister just went back in there because like and, and in Lebanon it's literally just the case of oh I pay this guy to vote for me like it's it's normal it's not a it's, they, they don't even bother to hide it you know what I yeah. mean so um, obviously the American system has a lot of parallels to that and there is a very direct route of oh money. Um, equals votes right that that that's kind of the 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 amount of fundraising required is obnoxious but um Dima actually had an interesting question about that so I wanted to yeah I like I it was very reassuring when I was going through the Kickstarter page when I read the sentence saying you don't need to have any political knowledge or background to play and enjoy this game um so based on that do you think that this game can reach an international audience do you feel like this is something people could enjoy without necessarily being very like aware, knowledgeable about American politics? I think so. I, yeah, I, I got this question once before and um, they're like, well, it's, you know, it takes place in America. So I don't know if, you know, it'd be interested to me. And this person lived in Europe. And I was just thinking like, you know, if, I, I would love to play a game about like Russian politics where I could sort of become you know, a, a corrupt yeah. Russian politician. Like, mm-hmm. that would be awesome to me. And I would love, that, like... That exists, by the way. <laughs> Kremlin. <laughs> I, I think that that's, you know, cool. And what's great about games is that they, they let you, you know, kind of access that world of pretend, right? So, I yeah. mean, yeah, of course, it would be awesome to... Um, I think I would imagine it would be awesome for other people internationally to play. Oh, I was just going to say that we always shoot for, even if you're well-versed in politics, we kind of pride ourselves in having some very obscure, silly things that are either, you know, a few hundred years old or just so weirdly trivial and uh, regional that hopefully we're going to teach some people who are pretty well-versed in American politics some uh, silly scandals they didn't know about before also. Yeah, focusing on the fun, like, aspect of it, just, like, taking it lightly, not, yeah. Great. So we could have set it anywhere, right? Like the mechanics work as long as you have a few different parties and you have regions. So, you know, the, like we did at one point talk, like, do we set this in a place that isn't real and make it a little bit, maybe more marketable, who knows, but it goes against our ethos of kind of reflecting a real world system and also making a statement. I think Mm -hmm. if you put this in like a silly place, it takes away its bite. Uh, and so like that, that piece was important for us is to like have a little bit of a bite. And your themes are very refreshing, just side effects and now mud. Like it's, it's nice that it's, it's daring in today's world, just with, you know, all the sensitivities and social media and all that stuff. So it's really nice that people are still putting themselves out there and trying to keep things light and yeah, funny. You, can, you can't do yeah. anything without like upsetting one side or the other. Right? That's the, <laughs> so, so it's nice to see that. So we had a, um, a big you. long discussion about that, about like, you know, how do you treat topics with respect? Yeah. And, but how do you still make a statement? Uh, yeah. And I, Jay doesn't remember saying this, but I swear it was him that said this, <laughs> that, um, <laughs> Uh, you know, when you're creating art, you either want to comfort the disturbed or disturb the comforted. <laughs> and nice. uh, like, you know, you have to sort of. Jade, if I were you, I'd take credit for that, like right now. <laughs> <laughs> real quote. It's a real quote. He's the one it. that said it. Uh, oh, okay. All right. Never mind. 
He's so philosophical. Yeah. I totally read a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Books. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. That's that's a, that's a great great, yeah. great idea to to look at things. And um, Byron, you wanted yeah, this is a good time to talk about like the different topics that you were talking about, like politics, mental illnesses as choices, because that's exactly what it is, right? It's um, it's a topic that's bristling a couple of feathers, maybe, but also drawing attention to something that it should be. So, um, did you want to jump in? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is. I saw one of your tiers on your Kickstarter was for guys to have their own portraits. Were you guys surprised that that tier sold out like as well as it did? Were it like a pleasant surprise or were you like, no, people are going to buy this? People love themselves. (laughs) 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 They do. (laughs) Last Kickstarter that kind of like are high tier, those are actually the easy ones to get rid of. Um, like having the super fans is not in like your family and like people who have backed yeah. you before, um, you know, people have cash. <laughs> like, we're surprised. <laughs> we were surprised the first time. So when we did side effects and our big tiers all went at once, we were like, holy cow, we were worried about not selling the hundred dollar tier. Yeah. Um, and so I think we kind of learned that, you know, limited number and, you know, things that like, we can't make more like portraits. If we know we have a certain number, we might release yeah. some more. Yeah. Um, but that, that stuff that's limited actually goes really fast. Yeah. We have a couple of friends like that, that always back at like the, the highest. highest possible tier when they go on Kickstarter. And I think the idea is, well, you know, <laughs> like I'm doing it, like I'm I might as well ready. get everything for it. Yeah. So, um, and the unique thing about the portraits is it like, this is another thing that was important to us is Jay did something really cool with the game where all of the regions and the, um, political leanings, and the economic classes are proportionate to the U.S. demographic. Oh, that's cool. oh. so yeah, so you can win the you know it's much easier to win a conservative South than a conservative Northeast. Makes sense. Um, that's cool. And we want the same thing with the portraits. So one of the things we were worried about, and it's why we released not all of them, is we were worried we were going to get portraits of all kind of between the ages of 25 and 40 white men. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like that would take away like the, the board gaming demographic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but we didn't. Um, so either the demographics are changing or we attract different people or, you know, something yeah. else. We've done pretty well. Um, so we've got, I wouldn't say it's completely equal representation, but we also in our back pocket had friends and family we wanted to put in the game. So it kind of yeah. like, you know, moves things around. Uh, Jade at one point suggested that we get rid of our portraits, and uh, I was like, "You can do whatever you want with yours." But... <laughs> Good for you. Listen, Good for you. Ego is part of what makes us human. <laughs> you can't be asking you can't be asking people to take their faces off their babies. <laughs> oh. Okay, oh, I, have, I have a question. Uh, I'm a fellow designer wannabe. Uh. <laughs> okay, actually, I'm a failed designer, <laughs> and I can blame my friends for this because actually, I was I wanted to play test my game, and you I was I, yeah, I was bringing my game in uh, the game night. We were playing once a week, and at some point, I felt that some of the people wanted to play something else, so <laughs> I I felt terrible about it. And so my question is, 
How do you find uh, playtesters? Are you just playing it? Uh, have, with, have, uh, have a good the game. The four of you? <laughs> <laughs> I had an amazing game. Well, I, I can come that. Don't listen to that. But, but seriously, I mean, okay. and how much time do you need to uh, playtest the game? I think that in terms of finding playtesters, I mean, I, I, it, definitely initially you want your friends, you want people that, you, you, opinions that you trust. Um, I've, I've also admittedly play tested, um, games in early stages just with myself, which is extremely, um, depressing, um, <laughs> but necessary, necessary, yeah, necessary, especially, uh, verbal sort of negotiation games. Right. That's, <laughs> That's where it gets weird. <laughs> he wanted to do a playthrough that was just him playing it and it just did not resonate just wear different outfits and then just <laughs> you put, okay. put on a fake mustache <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna assume that side effects was uh, an idea of Jade <laughs> originally <laughs> did you guys like pick the game and then place the theme on top or you picked the theme and then decided on the mechanic it started with uh, a theme. Y- yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. I think kind of the both same. games. Yeah, exactly. Both games like actually had a theme mechanics simultaneously almost. Like I, I remember like thinking about, I, I, I just think it's fun to like think about real world things, you know, your daily life in terms of what, how, what kind of game could emerge from that. Can you make a game yeah. from, from your everyday life? Yeah. Yeah. The only other thing I would add about playtesting, because it was obviously two very different times that we, you know, did yeah. a game. So for side effects, we were going to game nights everywhere. So like all over Brooklyn and New York, we would just show up to game stores, show up to playtest and both play with people and also just watch yeah. and kind of see what happens. Um, it was my- not, not creepy at all. What, yeah, were you just <laughs> asking random people to play your game? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I originally... Yeah. I originally had uh, side effects on three by five index cards, and I where where I was cru- I had crudely drawn on these index cards, and I was bringing them to the parties, and I was and, and it was fun because I w- you know we would be drinking, partying, or whatever, and I'd be like, let's play this game that I made, and I would whip it out, and I think people thought I was weird. <laughs> people start rolling their eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. But but people actually kind of liked it and they thought it was sort of cute and they liked the, the theme of it. And Ben was at one of these parties and that's how how we kind of started the company oh, nice. initially is Very because nice. he was like, I see something in this and I bet I could do like I can improve upon this dramatically. <laughs> I think I think what we're learning I can make it from make, this I can here, make it more visibly appealing to people at parties. I, I think what we're learning from this here is that uh, people in Brooklyn are. A lot nicer than our group. <laughs> he shows up with his game, and we're like, "Ugh, did you make this on paint?" Like, <laughs> that would actually be a really cool game. Is you made it a hundred percent on Microsoft Paint? It would. Oh, my incredible God. artists do it. Yeah, professional artists being the key point, right? <laughs> um, um, the other, you know, thing about well, to your point about people being nice. People love giving their opinion. So like, yeah. if you go in, not just like, hey, play my game, but hey, I'm looking for your feedback. I want to see if this is fun. They're very willing to be like, all right. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like making sure, and also being good at taking feedback. Like we listened, we made changes after people, 
you know, told us about it. Sometimes we didn't, sometimes we disagreed or you get opposite things. Like, it's very funny. I, like you can see the same thing and get opposite feedback. Like I love the design of that card. It's very easy to read. And then the next person be like, mm, can't read this card. And you're like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So you gotta keep like going. Um, <laughs> sure. And then this time made it extra hard because we did create a tabletop simulator and, you know, played with people, but obviously not having like the, in your hands, uh, your design feedback, you have to be really like your art design feedback. You have to kind of like take with a grain of salt because the scale is so different and the way you interact with them is so different. Yeah. So it was a little bit just harder because at the end of the day, like we're making a physical game. This is not yeah. meant to be like a digital exactly. game. It plays well digitally like a lot of games do, but um, exactly. it was interesting to have to take the feedback and then towards the end when we're, we are still tweaking like side effects. We tweaked till after the Kickstarter, like continue to play and get feedback. Mm -hmm. And so now it's, you know, we're trying to do that, but, discern a little bit of like okay what's real feedback versus not well absolutely and and it's like you said i mean one of the most important things in board games is the physical interaction with the, the pieces I, there's a reason that we love gorgeous deluxe editions of things it's because when you hold the pieces that have nice textures and uh, there's it's a nice print on the card that's a that's a beautiful thing and I, I, on on that note i really like that box with the leather that you guys are offering uh, on that yeah. thing absolutely gorgeous and it's amazing how much people like me will pay for nice boxes so <laughs> i think there's just 10 left if you're interested oh, i mean there's, and they're really that. nice yeah they're really nice like we got um the prototypes a while ago and just like gushing over them the the wood is all oak and the, the leather is like really like but what's the leather. kind it's of what amazing. it is or the leather it's got a funny name crazy horse Crazy. Oh, crazy yours. Yeah. 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 yeah which I, I <laughs> of course. Yeah. It's sort of like, it's sort of like a rougher, it's like a, like rougher brand, yeah. lighter brown sort of thing. Well, it's, yeah, it it's, ends uh, up looking more lived in. I have no idea why I know that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I was trying to buy a wallet once and they had a crazy horse option. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, very, very cool. I really like that. And that's a huge thing. Like, uh, not not to i mean i don't trivial like when you, you for for giant game nerds like myself when you're opening the box and presenting it to your friend be like look how beautiful this thing i own <laughs> <laughs> and i think that box has a lot to it and the art obviously being yeah absolutely and that beautiful. was really important to us is that like the game was nice we didn't want to make you know, a game that we weren't going to be proud to give to someone or open up next to them. Sure. And we worked with Panda, like manufacturing company in mm -hmm. China, and they're, they're great. Um, and we were going crazy with the stretch goals and adding everything to it. And none of us make, you know, physical B2C kind of game before. Mm -hmm. And everything seemed really cheap. Oh, 10 cents more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're getting that. Oh, 32 cents more. A dollar for the magnet. <laughs> Absolutely. And oh, so we just a... went for it. <laughs> yeah, we just, we were like, it seems like 20 cents more. What are you going to do? Like, we have yeah. to do it. And so we ended up adding everything to it. They probably should have told us beforehand. But after they shipped it to us, they're like, you know, you were the most expensive card game we've ever made. <laughs> what? smiling about it and i was like i don't know if that's good like, i thought yeah. i might have made a mistake um, I, actually yeah on that point like i'm sure you learned a lot of things in the first kickstarter for the second but did you do anything like necessarily to prepare for it i know 
uh, Jamie Stegmeyer, the publisher of like Scythe and all these uh, Stonemaier games, he's written a book, a literal <laughs> book on uh, how to run a good Kickstarter. And it's not even specific to uh, board games, but uh, he, his experience clearly is all in board games. So like, was there any like anything you learned going in? I mean, other than don't go for premium options across the board. <laughs> <laughs> we probably all learn different things i'll i'll bump it over to jade and ben but i would say i didn't read the book but a bazillion <laughs> blogs yeah, um sure. so he's got a, a really incredible insane i think everything in his book is in his blog yes um, basically yeah. yeah and then all the kind of kickstarter game um there's like a bunch of facebook groups mm -hmm. and i was it's the only reason i ever got back into facebook groups they're really living <laughs> it's not it's not i was like thinking oh maybe in, on reddit like tabletop community is not that active on reddit like we're no. still mm -hmm. chilling yeah. on facebook groups and bgg which is like yeah a, bgg a website from the 90s <laughs> but it's not that different i guess it is a lot like reddit so we have our own reddit so. <laughs> Texas back in <laughs> um, so I, I literally can't get Byron to like subscribe to our own guild because it's on BGG and he can't be bothered to figure out how that works. So. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is very complicated. Um, so I think uh, the like definitely all the research, you know, getting it's it's really interesting in a game in a industry which you would think would be hyper competitive. People mm. are actually really really helpful. Um, I've, you know, had people who are launching their game on the same week as us, giving us feedback about our Kickstarter page. That's so wow. it's, yeah, awesome. it's, uh, it's a really, um, kind of beautiful space. Now people are also just like you would expect in a game night, very harsh critics and yes. you gotta have a thick skin because nobody's afraid to say, I don't oh, like that. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it's their time. Like, it's amazing to get kind of that time. So I think um a big kind of learn there i was like very overwhelmed by like firehouse information and, and people having all these opinions and i think game number two a little bit more of the confidence of being like hey we're putting ourselves out there like we just got to make decisions and i think for anybody kind of making a game that's what i would say is like you got to just do it mm. people right. you got that taking <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. I, I, I wanted please to say, stop including us <laughs> uh, go to I, brooklyn <laughs> i hate to put labels on people but uh i want to say that jade is the wise guy and jen <laughs> jen is cool right the cool one and ben is the reason that you are selling so hard <laughs> so my, my question is who is Kat? Oh, ooh, ooh, that's really an interesting question. Jade, you want to take Kat. this one? I think you know her best. I think I do. Um, Kat is um, Kat is our marketing genius. So she she has incredible ideas of, about how we should position ourselves to the world. Different like strategies for getting attention to um, for the game. I would say she, I mean, she contributes, all of us contribute in every aspect of the business. So we're all giving opinions about game mechanics. We're all talking about what we should put in Kickstarter tiers. We're all talking about what the design should be. It's just that some of us have different strengths. Like I can't draw, you know, like, so Ben is, <laughs> is our artist. So even though I can give feedback, he's going to go, no, that feedback is ridiculous or... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Take your idea and right, shove right. it. 
exactly. Uh, and I think all of us, uh, so Kat contributes to all of that as well, but I think that we all trust her in terms of like, like how do we get um, people excited about this this game who are not necessarily in the board game community? And she's like a genius at that. She was the reason that we got on the Jenny McCarthy show. Um, she put together an incredible campaign when we did Side Effects where she taped um, pulls out flyers with Mike and Ike's on them that looked like drugs everywhere around uh, Brooklyn. Um, she, she's just, she's a genius. She works for a big ad agency anyway. And, That's um, so and, it makes sense. And she would be very happy to listen to this. <laughs> yeah. But after we, we wrap, we'll talk about oh. who she really is. <laughs> no. I have like the biggest friend crush. I mean, she is one of my best friends uh, on Kat. Like Kat is one of my favorite humans. I think the um, thing I would say about her, she has just like a really good pulse on like people and culture and what is interesting and cool and what's not. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think that that's sort of her superpower yeah. is like, you know, I might come home being like, home. I live with her now. Uh, I might come home now <laughs> to my cat uh, and um, just be like, oh my God, llamas are so cool. And she'd be like, <laughs> they, like everybody got llama stuff like two years ago. <laughs> We're not. I was like, we should put a llama on our game. <laughs> She is right. Llamas were about were last year. Like the They're winner of this year's was the llama game. <laughs> my sister, this is totally random. My sister was in Montana, um, and she sent me a video. She like FaceTimed me, and um, she was randomly taking a llama for a walk in the woods. <laughs> takes a llama for a walk. <laughs> There's a farm that you can go to right before you go on, like right before you go, there's mountain on a hike where they'll be like, do you want to rent a llama? <laughs> and they just give you a llama. You take a llama for a walk. Cool. We wow. had, a, we had, a, we, we met, we met a cool llama, Dima and I, in, yeah. uh, in Bolivia. We were at the, we went to Lake Titicaca and there was the Isla del Sol and uh, we were exhausted because like, you can't breathe in Bolivia so in La Paz because of the air. Like you, you're really choking. And we were like, okay, every ten steps, okay, oof, take <laughs> take a minute. But once we got to the top, this person was just walking by with a llama. I guess walking their llama. And like, As you do. Hey, yeah. Do, do you wanna do you wanna hang out with this llama? We're like, yeah. So we hung out with this. Yeah. <laughs> really cool. Go, llama. You would never be friends with anyone that answered no to that question. <laughs> No, I need to get to the top of this mountain. <laughs> Although, to be fair, like, apparently what I thought were llamas, there's like five different varieties of it. There's like llama, vicuña, all these different ones. So uh, I don't want to be offensive to the llamas, but it looked like a llama. So I'm going with llama. <laughs> you look like a llama. <laughs> and he didn't seem offended, so we'll, we'll stick with that. Um, but yeah, definitely llamas going on walks. This is a thing. Uh, yeah, that's that's really cool. The, and uh, she is right. Lama did win the Spiel des Jahres, so gave German Game of the Year last year. See? I should have um, done it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a couple of years ago, there was a big game called Altiplano, which had a llama on the cover. So she's she's on she's on she's on like she's on. And top the camels one, camel one. That's close. That was like honestly. <laughs> coming from coming from Qatar, camels are a lot bigger. <laughs> Um, and, uh, yeah, and, but I like that a lot, like what you guys were talking about uh, with regards to cat, which is approaching people that are outside the board game community. This is incredibly interesting to us, especially as tabletop sessions, um, 
if you listen to our podcast, you'll see we don't really know much about board games. Like we've been playing board games for years, decades, but um, it's the whole concept. There's a million, well, not a million, but there's thousands of podcasts about board games. The central concept of this board game was, of this, of this uh, podcast was the session, the experience that revolves around the game between the people yelling at each other, <laughs> the different stories that come about, right? That, that was, that was always the thing. And so we love it when we can bring in someone who wasn't part of the board game and they then become like, uh, you know, a gamer and they're enjoying it and so on. So good on you guys for targeting that. A lot of people don't. I actually think that um, we, this, this podcast does a good job of it, but we have to kind of knock down these barriers. I think there is this like weird imposter syndrome that you can feel on the board game community. If you don't mm-hmm. know that one random game that someone mentions mm-hmm. and it's like, we can't play every game. Like, <laughs> there, you know, there's like 10 release a day. Um, and you just don't and I think that there is like a weird thing when you go to talk to someone that's like in the and you're like nervous about not knowing yeah. Um, we gotta like knock that down. It's absolutely fine that you no, no, I'm with you guys we had a we had a recent um, uh, content because we do a game show every episode almost and um, Jamie Stegmeyer had given us a top three he's designer of Scythe and Euphoria and so on and he wants us to guess who it is. And he goes, who designed, you know, Euphoria? And Barn goes, Sid Meier. <laughs> <laughs> so we're the perfect people for that. We get everything wrong. So it's... <laughs> I'm perfect. That's right on. Right on. Um, so I agree with you. It, it, for, for the fact that it is a friendly hobby, it, it's very much a... Are you a real gamer? Are you a real geek? Yeah, you know that yeah. And like when, when we, we moved to Canada about a year ago and... Um, some of our friends here know that we're avid board gamers. So whenever they'd come over, they'd be like, oh, we just played uh, Exploding Kittens. Is that okay? Is that in your league <laughs> of gaming? And would you and guys we say, no, get out. <laughs> and and we're, we're like, guys, like, we're not the best at board games. We just, we just enjoy board oh, games. Yeah. Like, we're open yeah, we were pl- to board games. <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. But no, but we were playing a party game and they're like, oh, I want to be with Elias. He's, I'm like, <laughs> just being a board gamer doesn't mean you're good <laughs> especially at like party games That's yeah. Not gonna... so yeah totally totally get that and i think people need to understand that the most important thing is when we went to qatar the reason i started the board gaming group was i wanted to find people that i could hang out with that was the main concept yeah and and the it started off we would only do board game nights and we'd only talk about it and in the end, people just went with us to Ghana a couple of years ago. We just hung out. And then, you know, all these guys, all of them were at our wedding. And it just became our primary friend group. And I think this is the main thing that people miss out of that is, you know, you guys met, well, I, I don't know exactly, but partially as I'm understanding it from Jade bringing that board game to the group. And I think I could, you can call yourself, I mean, I'm sure you call yourself, you're your friends, you're people that you hang out with and talk to and so on. <laughs> so I think that's the most important thing. And that's what, you know, tabletop sessions is about. It's about the sessions revolving around the game. You meet around a table, but what really happens is you bond with people and you have cool, fun stories to talk about. Or you get really, really mad and leave. That's the most. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I really like mud. I really like that if someone is going to sabotage your plan or take advantage of something you've built, there's a repercussion. You Dima, know, like, the, last time, the last time I backstabbed you, you walked out good. of the house. You left. 
one of the moves that I coined when I started playing side effects that I can still play in mud is so you can do trades, um, but there's nothing in the game that says they have to be fair trades or that you can't <laughs> lie. So I like to show a card and be like, oh, are you looking for a, you know, Northeast conservative voter? And then I'll show that. And then Jade might be like, uh, yeah, what do you want for it? So I'll, I'll tell him what I want. And then as we Just trade, so I'll put a different yeah. card and I'll give yeah. what he needs. No. Right, that's that, that's grounds for flipping the table. <laughs> Whenever Jake trades with me, he makes me do it face up now. <laughs> At least he learned. We Smart. have one friend that never learned. I'm like, he yeah. just, yeah. There, it's it's definitely a. Th I think you guys, uh, if you like that, you would definitely enjoy most of the people in our group because <laughs> uh, you can't trust anyone, anyone. <laughs> Especially not Epo. It's more exciting, you know? You're yeah. more excited. Um, we had a person, we were playing a, a heavy um, sort of war game called Pericles. And it's it was it's about the Peloponnesian Wars. And you had, this is not one anyone should know, but basically, Hippocrates, you sort of have semi-partners, which is two people representing the Athenians, two people representing the Spartans. And you you represent one side in the battle, but internally there's a lot of political fighting, which is what issues are you going to focus on? Ipo pissed off his partner so much. Uh, no, he pissed <laughs> off my partner and his partner so much. My partner got up, left the game, and joined another game on the other side of the table. <laughs> and this is three hours into a, like a four-hour game. I think Told him, like, why are you helping Elias win? Or, like, something he literally like just that. got up and went like... play Samurai Swords across the table. Uh, I'm not proud of it. <laughs> it's funny to see grown men, like, actually, you know what? You didn't get up from the table, Ipo. And I think that that's a really, really important uh, piece to the story. I was trying to explain Secret Hitler to my dad. Yeah. And uh, he doesn't like playing games. He'll play mine, he'll, like, get through it. But he just. I think he gets overwhelmed by rules and he just doesn't, he's, you know, he's yeah. a very um, quintessential Spanish man. Uh, <laughs> and um, we were playing Secret Hitler and we're going through the rounds and he's just confused. So round three, he goes, I'm Hitler. And then you're just like, <laughs> God damn it, dad. Like, no. And he's like, I don't care. Okay. Fine. Uh, oh. fine. Well, that was a super oh, fun game. Okay, it's funny hilarious. story. Funny story. My eight years old uh, acts like that. <laughs> Is his like, name Jose? <laughs> no, no. But we're like playing for thirty minutes. He says, "Yeah, I don't care anymore. Yeah, bye." <laughs> bye watch YouTube. I actually think that it's worse to play with someone that doesn't want to win than someone that gets too like intense. Uh, oh, like, yeah. If you yeah. don't want to win, I can't. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have a, another funny story, and then I'll stop telling all my stories because I love it way too much. <laughs> no, that's what this, this what this podcast yeah, is about. We love stories. <laughs> I was playing like a super dumb video game with uh, a friend of mine, Claire, where you have like either red balls or green balls or blue balls, and you like not blue balls, uh, <laughs> yellow, and you um, <laughs> pop them over to the screen, and. It's a co-op, so you're both trying to get rid of all the balls before they come down. And so I'm, I'm on it, and she's just terrible. Like, she keeps putting green balls on red balls, and I'm like, 
come on. And I'm like, getting <laughs> really like yelling. And we're playing at the office I work with her too. And so I'm yelling at her and being like, what are you doing? It's like, I don't know. And she's just playing. <laughs> and at the end, uh, my other coworker, Michael turns to me and he goes, you know, she's colorblind, right? Oh no. no. <laughs> oh no. And she's like, I don't know. I'm just playing with you. You said you needed someone to play with. And I was like, oh my God, I just yelled no. at you for an hour. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that story. <laughs> Yeah, that was the best story tonight. <laughs> Which is a nice transition that in our games we make sure that they're colorblind friendly. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Well done. Over well here done. we applaud good transitions. Yes, because we're very poor at them. Thank you, Ben, for this. Yes. <laughs> we yeah. mostly well, do that with symbols, right, Ben? Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different kinds of colorblindness otherwise. So, like, if you see, like, yeah. video games that have, like, uh, colorblind settings, there's always, like, four different options depending on the type of colorblindness you have. So, yeah, exactly. yeah symbols is the way to go if it's printed. Yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. We, awesome. we, were, we were playing at a recent game night yeah. um, uh, over here at the Toronto, like, game group. And this guy we were playing with, like, we were playing Bruch by Stefan Fold, which is this famous Euro-style game. And he just, he like, you had to keep your card secret. And he just, there was no way around it for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's just, I mean, he just had to it's, confirm, it's a simple like, thing. Just had, make a like, unique symbol yeah, for color. If he had a blue card or yeah. a brown yeah. card. Like, it was, yeah. So it's definitely so, something very recently that we've seen. And it's something that, you know, you don't want a person not to enjoy themselves. because it's well, just, Yeah. It's and it's so weird that you guys targeted, yeah. like, yeah. That's awesome. It's an easy thing to design around. Uh, so it's just about, like, being conscious of it. Yeah, absolutely. So, what's what's next on the plate for you guys? <laughs> did you start thinking about that yet, or did your next three year like interval not start yet? Well, I think we're hoping to be uh, less than three years. <laughs> 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 we thought we would pop them out, and then it turns out it's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We also pivoted a little bit because of the election and some other stuff. So, yeah, sure. Yeah, but I, we we were working on um, like a, a side effects expansion pack, and we were working on a like an alternate version of side effects, like a reskin version for a while. And we actually had some some of that. We had like whole meetings about that. We had artwork developed for that. But I think that it, at some point we we're just like, you know what? A new game is so exciting and so thrilling to like put together that we wanted to put our energy into that. Mm-hmm. And then with the election coming up, when we had this this game that had a political theme where like, let's just scrap that, let's put that on the back burner. So mm-hmm. I think that like our our next steps probably gonna try to do things simultaneously so we don't take so long. And like, I know a lot of people, we get messages all the time for side effects expansions. That's definitely something that we wanna put together at some point. Um, I think that we, we also wanna release a, a side effects game that's for all ages because um, I think it's a great game and it's, you know, a lot of people enjoy playing it. I I know somebody who has a, a five-year-old that enjoys playing it, although it's a little uncomfortable when your five-year-old is, <laughs> is giving you impotence cards. So, or your dad, honestly. <laughs> I guess my you dad, learn as you go, right? <laughs> my dad was like, what these impotence? And I was like, uh, you can't prove. <laughs> and then that's where we left it. And I'm worried about him. Like, is he helpful? <laughs> <laughs> But that's a real problem. I mean, we should uh, discuss about real problems, right? Right. It's a real problem. Ipo, you want to tell us about it? 
Uh, I'm going to make a break for uh, 10 minutes. <laughs> Maybe an hour. Oh, no. No, Evo plays inappropriate games with his kids all the time. <laughs> Can you cut that out? You, you listen. No, I'm sorry. That was really badly phrased. If Evo yeah. listens to this podcast <laughs> in the car with his kids, and I've been on my best behavior, but I usually get between 30 to 50 swears <laughs> in the course yeah. of a podcast. He's doing good. I, I actually had a listener message us and be like, um, <laughs> the first time I put on this podcast, if my kids were in the car. And if my kids get kicked out of class for swearing, we know exactly <laughs> who's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Whatever. Another <laughs> um, thing that we want to do, which I don't know if we'll do it the next one or in a few, is I really want to make, so we make card games. And we did that, one, because they're simple and we like card games but two, because they're simple to produce and get mm -hmm. your feet wet in this industry and it's not as scary as a board. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to make something with more components. I think it'd be really yeah. fun to have kind of like, you know, not that cards aren't technically 3D, but I think you get when I say like yeah. more 3D components. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, I would love to get in that. And I think that Jade has an idea for a game around like global warming. Mm -hmm. um, oh, nice. And, which I think would be a really cool one to get a board into. Yeah. Okay. Definitely some people won't want that one either. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> my, my dream is to to make to manufacture a, a global warming game that's made of biodegradable materials. I think that that would be like ideal. Um, but because we have to be cynical in our game company, you would play the, the role of a, a landlord buying beachfront property inland mm -hmm. so that as the water levels rise, your property value goes up. <laughs> Some sort of idea, because you know I want to play the villain, and I always got to play. That's the villain. good. That's good. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think that that I've also like we we've thought a lot about um, different types of demographics and trying to like create what would a pillbox game look like for different types of people. Um, and the board game community, I feel like there's there's this, the, the people that play the more intensive games like Twilight Imperium and stuff, mm -hmm. and I think that we have like ideas for that. Um, and that is definitely on the horizon for something that's more intensive and more intricate. But then on the other side of the spectrum, we've been developing a game that is like purely a party game. That's something mm -hmm. that is super easy to play that somebody who has never played a game in their life could easily pick up. And, um, and we were actually developing that as well before um, we started pivoting into mud. So we actually, we have a lot going on. It feels like there are so many irons in the fire right now in so many directions that we could we could pick. Um, I think the future is bright for, for us, and I'm feeling That's excited. I absolutely love that. I mean, um, my favorite designer is Vlada Khvatel, and um, the reason I love him is he simultaneously designed Through the Ages, which is an incredibly heavy civilization game, and code names. You know what I mean? <laughs> and but oh, and Bunny Bunny Moose Moose, which is another one he did. So, I, and and I every game I play of his I adore. And so I, I literally love the fact that I'm like, oh yeah, the Bunny Bunny Moose Moose. You, this is from the designer of Through the Age. <laughs> Would you like to play? <laughs> I've had something in my uh, Amazon cart for a while. Uh, is Codenames Duo worth it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Don't, we played don't. it at the last convention yeah. we were Dima at. Dima and I played it and... at Origins, was it? Yeah. yeah. And uh, we loved it because you could also play it with four, uh, yeah. two okay, teams. Cool. Yeah. And it's, it's checking it's, out it's right now. Bye <laughs> now. It's Thank good. you. It's actually my favorite version of Codenames that I've played so far. Oh, really? Okay. That's yeah. good. Wow. Yeah. 
I think it's a little more strategic. Realize it's Disney princesses. <laughs> What's the gimmick bit. behind Duo? Um, the the idea is um, you have a. I'm going off like two years of memory, but basically you have the card. You have to deduce what cards could be yours and what cards are because it's a cooperative. Well, game. I know code names, but Duo. No, but it's a co- it's a cooperative game. So oh 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 yeah. So there's some that on your side you have to figure out, and there's some on my side that I have to figure out, but. Um, some of those overlap and some of those are like the bad assassin cards, just like in regular yeah. code names. So there is an actual aspect of, um, okay, if he has, if she or he has this one across the board for me, then I probably don't have to worry about that one. Like there's a little bit of spatial reasoning attached huh. to the, the game itself, which is, which is interesting. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Uh, honestly, I'm going off memory from like a couple of years ago. Yeah. So check but, it out. Yeah. I remember we really enjoyed it and it had like a co-op feel to it, but it, it is just, co-op. Yeah, but at the same time, like, you're helping each other, but you're doing it individually. (laughs) Like, I have to think alone and give the clues alone. So you still have that cool aspect where you have to come up with the clues. Um, But you're trying to, like, do it together. Um, I'm hoping that it works out all right. The problem I have with code names is that my husband's British, and then you'd think that it would be no language barrier, but it is (laughs) We we had one of our friends, yeah, actually, he, he wanted to say summon, and he he's Portuguese, and he said salmon. Salmon. <laughs> and then so they went for all, like, the fish. No, it was, it, was co- it was code names. <laughs> was there so was, good. I think, like, mana and tap, like, from Magic the Gathering. Um, and so he's like, all right, I'm going to say summon, which is something that happens in Magic the Gathering, and these guys are going to know what it is. So he goes, Simon. Two, and then they go fish. Even to, even today, I'm not oh. realizing why you're laughing. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't no. understand why you're laughing. Yeah, but uh, I, mean, we, we, I, I, I listen to the same word twice, and you're, you laugh altogether. You can't, you can't play with South Africans either. I was playing with Byron, and uh, it, it was a dwarf. He had to get me to guess dwarf, and he said profession. <laughs> well, it is a profession. So know. I clicked on office, obviously. <laughs> Apparently, dwarves are. <laughs> well, the way I was thinking is like a dwarf is a miner and a miner is a job. <laughs> oh. But the meaning of the of Snow White's dwarves were uh, that was their profession. They were professionally dwarves, yeah. <laughs> No, you, you yeah. will mine. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that they can do whatever they want. Exactly. <laughs> so I think it's a good place to go because, as you know, um, everyday life for a dwarf is just mining, 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 mining. And so, Sweet. for their perspective, a mining game would definitely be an everyday theme life theme but um Ipo, do you want to you want to kick us off here yeah i would just want to ask our uh, uh, friends here our guests that i want to actually to uh, inform them that every time that the hippocratic corner kicks off uh, there is this uh, sitaki music that that <laughs> that they they add later okay in the post production <laughs> I feel terrible and I feel this is insensitive. <laughs> and this is the time that somebody else can support me. <laughs> so if you want to speak out for me. I, I let no. you pick what music you wanted and you sent me your father-in-law 
singing in a choir in Greece. <laughs> that didn't help at all. Like, I needed something good. No, that's Greek folk music. I yeah. needed a bouzouki or something. <laughs> No, that's your Greek folks music. That's not a folk music. <laughs> um, They're hard. Those are hard genres to... to... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so this is the Hippocratic Corner. Okay, so guys, uh, I, again, thank you for joining us uh, in this podcast. The top three for uh, this episode will be Everyday Life Themes Games. So you already know this, and who wants to go first? Yeah, I think we had to be like a little flexible because there's you know different kinds of everyday life. Yeah, um, like we we have basically no parameters. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> there's uh, actually a friend of mine who went to the same college as me uh, had a game that uh, is now being taken on by like uh, the New York Board of Education. It's a really interesting educational game called the Period Game. Um, it's actually teaches girls about uh, you know period cycle and it's a really beautifully designed game too. That's so awesome. if you just look up the period game by Danielle Gilsavs, it's beautiful, huge fan of her. So I definitely, yeah, we yeah, we, we collaborated well a little bit uh, early on because we both did Kickstarters like within a year of each other also. So huge I mean, fan I of we her. Should, we should definitely put a link to that in the episode description for those people interested, since it's not I like, like under muds. If you could, thank you. <laughs> mud's the first thing i promise that i think i think it would be a great game for females and males just because one of our friends an acquaintance uh thought that women could hold it in when they had their period like like you would hold in pee never mind tell me who after <laughs> that's definitely like in the same spirit and that is like actually being used as an educational tool which i just think awesome. is so cool yeah. um yeah. Then I'm a huge fan of Stonemeyer, and then I gotta just throw in Wingspan there. I'm sure. such a huge fan of that game. I play it so much. I just love how every bird is based on an actual system of how it interacts with uh, its uh, its environment. So, and as an artist, how do you feel about that gorgeous Beth Sabel and all these? Guys okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love this group, Whoa. by the way. They're like, yeah, it's an amazing thing, but please stop comparing it. Well, well, everything Stormire touches is obviously great. And then um, on the topic of also beautiful games that are based on actual things, uh, do you guys know Facade Games at all? Maybe. Their biggest one is probably called Tortuga. They do everything based on oh, um, oh, yeah. historical events. They're all in these beautiful uh, yeah. faux book boxes. Mm-hmm. But I'm a huge fan of... Uh, oh, the... Yeah, we we have a couple of those games. So. Yeah, yeah, uh, Deadwood, uh, Salem, and Tortuga are the main ones. Um, but I was going to plug Deadwood as one that I'm a big fan of. We played that at Essen a couple of years ago. Yeah. It's great, it's great, and I love the design of their stuff too. Gorgeous, and I, and I, I love that you could just put it in the bookshelf and not tell anyone that you spent. I I, I, I love it so much. <laughs> on board I just bought a book. Are you going to get in the way of learning? <laughs> No, they have great stuff. We play Tortuga a ton. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I loved uh, your top three and uh, also I loved your comment about Wingspan. I mean, how difficult is it to just throw a bed? <laughs> <laughs> just a bed? Yeah, it's not a big deal, right? I have an unpopular opinion. Um, I even have Mariposas too and played that. I don't like them. 
I'm sorry. I think that my issue is that it's way too much your game and then like let's who got mm. the most points mm-hmm. and there's not mm-hmm. enough. Maybe I just like to screw over the other player and that's like an important yeah. mechanic for yeah, me. Yeah, it's not a good game for you, Jen. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah, we call it yeah. multiplayer solitaire. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it I, is. Yeah. Which I, I like. It's, I mean, it's nice. I'll play it. But, you know, when you're like one point away from each other, it doesn't feel like a win to me. It's like, oh, yeah, we both did really well. We're pretty efficient. Yeah. I mean, there's people you play it with. Like with Dima, those games are perfect because with me, she likes playing screw over games with other people. But when I screw her over, it's a big issue. <laughs> it doesn't go down well. But uh, I think that's a very fair criticism, though, Jen. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's kind of similar to like a ticket to ride, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're like, but that one you can put your, you know, train going a certain way and block somebody else. And I feel like it's missing that. Like so I want really, to be able to. Yeah. Like, well, you like player block. interaction. I find yeah. tickets to ride extremely Or boring. a little so more <laughs> or control, right? A little more control to be like, oh crap, I'm losing. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that mechanic's missing for me. Uh, if you if you listen to our review to Wingspan, I think we played it four players, and I wanted to kill myself. <laughs> I'm so happy you did it. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> thank you. Horrible I mean, thing to say. We had James yeah, Stegmaier. But it, but it was a good, <laughs> true. But it was a very nice game with two or three players. I like. I mean, it was really. Nice. But four players. It was just waiting for for your turn. Yeah, just waiting for your turn to come back to you and do something. Yeah, it definitely depends on the group. Definitely for sure. Let's go to Jade. Jade, do you want to tell us your top three? Uh, well, okay, so I, I got the prompt that it was uh, Daily Life, so games yes. based yeah. on your... We always I was have, just thinking, yeah, different. I was thinking of, um, you know, my life and my surroundings today, as in what's happening right now. So I think mine are all kind of topical. Um, I mean, I got to go with pandemic. I feel like that is right. That's sort of ever-present. <laughs> <Very> relevant. <laughs> relevant right now. And then um, reading the news about the... Um, the Google lawsuit, I'll go with Monopoly as well. Oh, um, no. No, you brought Monopoly. <laughs> this will not be the first time Monopoly is on the top three list, Byron. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then, you know, anytime you read about politics, uh, where I am, especially, I'll, I'll say, I'll go with Secret Hitler. How about that? That's <laughs> what, wow. what I feel like I'm surrounded with right now in my immediate. Um, yeah. I like it. I actually thought about making a COVID-related top three because that's daily life. And the first one that popped in my head was a game called Kabuki, which is about masks. (laughs) (laughs) I just felt like that was the way to go. (laughs) Is there a game about making bread? (laughs) (laughs) I guarantee you there's a game about making bread. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if there's viticulture, there's... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that I, was great. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I cannot say it was great because usually if somebody brings up Monopoly in this podcast, <laughs> I, I just do this and say bye bye <laughs> and leave. But, You're not but, a fan but, of Monopoly? Actually, I, I was a fan of Monopoly. I mean, I, when I was six years old, I was trying to design a game where you can have stock market inside Monopoly so you can buy like 20% of one street when or something six? like that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and my play. T- my playtesters were my cousins, uh, same age. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, it's funny because I, because I, um, when I was a kid as well, I made my own version of Monopoly. Also, it's called Slumopoly. Slumlord, 
and you're always trying to screw over your tenants and stuff you know it's amazing how like little aspects of your personalities are there when you're younger right yeah like you have a you have a sarcastic view of things so you have that right. and Epo is a huge fan of stock games 18xx games and so on oh really and so like at six years old he's there trying to put 20 percent shares in yeah. park lane <laughs> And true story, my version of Monopoly was called Wallpoly from Wall Street. <laughs> oh. Wait, what? That's funny yeah. to say. Wall, Wall Street and Polly. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. I was not very good in marketing. <laughs> Wallopoly sounds like uh, it's it sounds like the uh, like Wario version of a super Mario. Yeah. Game. Well, well, yeah. It sounds yeah. better in Greek. I want to say. That. <laughs> okay. okay, Jen, would you like to tell us your top three? Yeah, so I didn't make them about other. I went like what Jay did, and I was like, you know, I don't think about myself enough, and so I decided to make them about me. So the first one's Cat Lady. Uh, don't enjoy the game, but I love cats. So, cat lady. Uh, the other one is fake artist. Uh, oh, that one is like I'm being really game. open and vulnerable to you guys. I have like a little bit of a um, yeah, like a little bit of like a limiting belief around being an artist, and so oh. that one kind of speaks to me. And then I don't want to explain the last one, but murder in Manhattan. <laughs> That was great. That was so we have a good story about a fake artist goes to New York. I uh, I, I gave everyone uh, the X. You know how only one person gets the X? I gave everybody on the table the X and said, the clue is music. Awesome. And then everyone kept drawing random things. They'd be like, you're the fake artist. And I'd be like, just in the corner, being like, well, if you knew what the word was, you'd know what it is. <laughs> and they kept going for like 10 minutes. <laughs> Until oh, so someone figured it out. It was so bad. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great. So, Dima, go. No, okay. <laughs> I found this really hard. So, my number three is um, patchwork, even though I've, I've never sewn anything in my life. Sewing <laughs> does exist. Exactly. It's part of someone's everyday life. Um, my number two is overbooked for people that traveled um in the past before covid um (laughs) it used to be a common thing like especially when you take flights to lebanon you'd freaking always be sent like one out of three times you'd be sent home because you were overbooked with someone else (laughs) so that's my number two and my number one is fog of love i don't know if you guys have played it but it's I felt I felt like it was a real depiction of everyday life that and in relationships. And you really get to know your partner. So in our game, like I was a politician and Elias was this was this uh, artist. I was a and criminal. So and then he like one of the questions was if the cops come to your house and then while they're knocking at the door, your partner asks you to to to, to like say that they were home with you last night would you do it yes and uh, and i said no thank you she said no <laughs> and he's like he was like seriously seriously you wouldn't say yes and i was like i'm a politician i can't be having like <laughs> career first apparently <laughs> i can't be assimilated with uh, jacob who's the the designer of fagalove um I think he's like he's like an industry friend at this point. 
Um, he kind of helped us give feedback on the mud page. Uh, and nice. he may or may not have a portrait in the game. <laughs> That's awesome. Wow. That's awesome. But Dima, only you would think Fog of Love is representative of real life. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows you, like some aspects of your personality that you yeah, would never correct. get to show in Fair like Fair everyday Co interactions. Correct. Thank you very much, Dima. Let's go to Byron. Byron, tell us your top three. Okay, my, mine are going to sound silly compared to everyone else's, but <laughs> some some thought in their process. I went with things that I like to do, so that's kind of like <laughs> my top three of everyday life. That's totally <laughs> what we asked. Uh, in number three is a game called Brew Crafters, because I like beer, I like making it, and I wish I could make more. That's <laughs> nice, I don't know what's... Simple, game. straightforward. Number two is Millennium Blades, because if anyone knows me, what? I'm a huge collectible card fan. i played okay. every single collectible card game known to man. Um, I'm, I'm okay at them, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Girls in the I'm okay. <laughs> and in my number one is a game that's been released this year called The Cost. This is a game about the asbestos industry in the early whatever. But is that my current you job, like doing? <laughs> my current job is looking after people that have been exposed to asbestos currently. So I work in I mean, that's hard to make fun of when people. you made it like really kind. No, it's super <laughs> easy. <laughs> <laughs> you guys try and beat that. That's yeah. That, that was great, Byron. This is easy. Uh, this is sorry, uh, hard not to beat for Elias. Elias. Piece cool. of cake. All right. So <laughs> my number three was Kitchen Rush because I thought like the idea of a game working in a restaurant and the time and the pressure and so on was very cool. Plus, I really enjoy it. Plus, whenever we play it, Ippo's wife is just yelling at Ippo the entire time, which gives me a good idea of what happens in their kitchen in everyday life. <laughs> my number two. Uh, or it gives very... you an idea why I'm not in the kitchen anymore. <laughs> yeah, me and Ipo were terrible. My number two, which is a not a very well-known game, it's a Polish game called Kolejka, um, which is Polish for queuing. And for it's what? A game, queuing, like standing in a line. So a line. I'm American. <laughs> standing in a straight line. <laughs> That's so, but, say it. <laughs> so uh, it's called Kuleka, and the idea is it's during like Soviet rule in Poland, and so everything's um, basically based on uh, a ration system. So depending on which line you queue for, you're going to get different things that you can take back. And it's actually a game that's like acknowledged by the Polish like Heritage Society, and it's a wonderful game, super hard to get your hands on. But Eugenia's um, wife Barbara is Polish, so. She hooked this up, but it's a really fun game, and I love that there's a game about standing in line. So um, <laughs> it sounds super boring, but we have it's it. Super interesting. It's so good. <laughs> Check it out. The art's also very interesting. It's minimalist, but kind of dreary, and I, I really like it. The box looks like a piece of like a board, um, like a box wrapped in um, like brown paper with like a twine rope around it. Oh. And my number one is um, something that's not necessarily easily to understand is everyday life, but I like how they took that and took an everyday life aspect to it, which is The Grizzled, which is a game about people stuck in a trench during World War One, French soldiers specifically. Yeah, but the game 
is not about the war. There's no mention of it. It's literally just how are you going to keep your morale up high enough to to survive? And I think we're all kind of in the trenches these days, <laughs> especially wow. you know if, if, if you uh, look well like me and, and, and people. I thought- <laughs> I thought you were going to get disqualified right when you started that. And then I made, uh, I made the rules. Really yeah. <laughs> that was quite a journey that we went with you. Uh, you know, Jen, I ha- I'm the editor of the podcast. So <laughs> I can do I do what I want. <laughs> so, um, I the, come up, uh, yeah, I come up with the top three, but I don't disqualify anybody because otherwise Dima would be disqualified every, every single episode. Yeah. She, she just comes with her game the top three. She goes down to the board game shelf and writes three games. I have a question about Kitchen Rush. Is it really yes. worth it? I just, uh, so I love cooking games. I'm obsessed with the video game Overcooked. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Overcooked. Like, okay, so that's what it looks like. It's $52.48. Worth it? You're gonna love it. Uh, but but not but not be- because you you like cooking. You're gonna love it. I don't like cooking. Uh, oh. I like playing cooking games. I like cooking games oh. of things that I don't like to do in real life. Okay. I, I guess I the question is, do you like real time games, like games that like you have to act as fast as you can? You'll love it. Yeah. It's gonna be fun. So much fun. It's 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 uh, it's a game that took me completely by surprise. I put on like a yeah. few top three lists. Like it's I'm one of my favorite co op games. Like, like it's really up. Wait. So now, so now, guys, you, you, uh, I'm gonna tell so you. So thank my... you for thank you for joining us. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna tell you my top three and what. No, are no, the... we're leaving. We're leaving. No, 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 no. We don't need Garrett. And you're gonna now know what are the three games you should have come up with, <laughs> but you failed. Uh, number three game is City Council, where you are a, a member of the uh, newly founded city. Okay, uh, and the council, and you can manipulate with other players what you're going to vote, and there is this uh, balance and promises uh, broken in this game. I love it. And it's a very easy game. Uh, My number two game is Holding On, The Troubled Life of Billy Care. Nice job. From from Hub Games, uh, which is a game where you are the nursing staff tasked with providing care for the terminally ill. Yes. So Billy Kerr is a guy who has, uh, uh, I think, uh, what, what does he have? I'm not uh, sure. He, he has not terminal, terminal illness. Yeah, yeah but what exactly? I don't remember. Anyway, oh. so you're taking care <laughs> of him. <laughs> and while you're playing the game, Billy Kerr, when he's better, he talks to you and he's telling you your, uh, his story. He's like a 65 years old man. And he's from uh, North Ireland. He has all these uh, interesting stories to tell. It's an amazing game where so- you... You're finding out uh, his uh, life. It's part of everyday life in a sense that we're all going to die one day. <laughs> this is no, it's, okay. it's a okay. modern... Uh, that was your daily dose of Dima optimism. And my number one game <laughs> is This War of Mine. Oh, great. Oh my God. The board game. It, it's, it's actually a game that, uh, that puts you in a position that every, every one of us could be. Okay, we're lucky enough not to be in this position, but uh, the Syrians were saying the same thing like 15 years ago, and now mm-hmm. they are. I yeah. think Ipo did what I usually do. 
Yeah. <laughs> Could be worse. Yeah. He just depressed everyone. Here's yeah. a game about a dying person, a game about people stuck in a war, <laughs> and a game about a city council. <laughs> the three most depressing things I could think of. Here you go. <laughs> and on that cheerful note. <laughs> So uh, I don't know if you know about it. This war of mine is a game that we're trying to survive in a, a war-torn city. Okay. And uh, <laughs> spoiler, I want to share a, a story uh, from this game. Uh, I remember that we were very hungry, so we need to find food. And we're searching in a, in a building. We find the door open. We go inside. And we see a family sitting on a table. Uh, and uh, they have in front of them uh, plates of soup. The soup is hot and all the family is uh, dead. Somebody killed them. So they it was them. poison. No, no, they it's a, it's a, in, in, a, in a town where there's war. So somebody came in and they stole everything. They got the important stuff. And the question in the card in the game was, are you gonna eat this soup? <laughs> no, it's poison. <laughs> I also say their soup is poisoned. Why didn't they take the soup? <laughs> That's the plot twist, Epo. The soup was poisoned the whole time. <laughs> okay, I tried. I tried. But <laughs> the feeling and I failed. Oh my Thank you very, very much for joining. Uh, Sorry, joy, I thought that was a riddle, joy. so I was. <laughs> Uh, anyway, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for, for your very interesting top threes. Uh, uh, very interesting, yeah, I mean, uh, Ben's top three. Ipo, I love how comfortable you make people feel in this place. Yeah. <laughs> Ray of sunshine. No. Seriously, thank you very much. And uh, uh, to our listeners... Please let us know your top three everyday life themes on our Twitter account at TT Sessions QA or over our BGG Guild. Both these links will be in the episode description. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that brings us to the end of this tabletop session. Thank you so much for listening. Huge thank you to Ben, Jay, Jen, and Kat, who couldn't be here, for joining our podcast. Uh, check out their Kickstarter for MUD. When this comes out, which will be the 31st of October, how many days will they have left to get on this thing? Four? Oh, May three. Get on it now. <laughs> go on there. All right. You're American. It's the day before you got to go vote. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, everyone, the link for this Kickstarter will be the very first thing in our episode description. Thank you very much. Okay. Before even the period game. Uh, <laughs> and so please click that out and check it out and if you find it interesting you found the conversation interesting if you find the kickstarter page interesting consider backing this product they're great people well i can attest to now and um well from my limited experience they could be we don't know but, <laughs> <laughs> but um <laughs> but check it out and um, i'm certainly going to go on there and maybe i can snag one of those leather and wood boxes before it goes out and do uh, it <laughs> everyone else check out our very active instagram account at tabletop sessions you can reach us at twitter at tt sessions qa or join the conversation over at our board game geek guild 
and you can find the link to all of these in our episode description. Please take the time to rate us on iTunes or on Apple Podcasts, or rate us through your Android podcast app of choice. We'll be back in three weeks. And until then, to quote one of my favorite writers, God damn it, you've got to be kind. Table Happy table Halloween, everyone. Table Say table bye, guys. Bye-bye. Bye, bye. Bye, guys. Bye. 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 guys is great. Table top top. Table table top. Table table top. Table table top. Session.